development and economic opportunity. As a society learning how to do this en masse. With this new technology coming together. How important this is going to be to the post-COVID traveler. I mean, that could have profound implications. Every so often, innovation, creativity, and hospitality come together to create a truly unique and memorable design. Listen in as we investigate the stories behind these designs and speak to some of the people involved. Today, we have Matt Davis talking with Carlos Hernandez, president of multinational company Palace Development. Design agency has been working with Carlos for five years on a new resort and residence called Costa Alina. This eco-luxury resort will be located in a breathtaking northwest corner of Costa Rica. Carlos, how are you? Well, we're we're doing pretty good considering all the circumstances. It's uh, I think compared to other to other places, I think we we talked about it before. Costa Rica has managed the the health issue of this crisis in a I think in a very competent way with a good health system, a relatively sophisticated public health system in the in the country. I think we have done very well compared to other places. We've talked about this before. That means a lot for the country because the tourism makes up a massive amount of your GDP, right? Yes. Costa Rica was making almost 6% of its GDP from tourism sector. It's extremely based on, on tourism. They received 3 million visitors last year, but consider this is a country of 5 million people, right? So it also brings development and economic opportunity to remote corners of Costa Rica. That's the case of our project in Costa Elena. You know that very well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that project too, for sure. Maybe talk a little bit about what you guys have had to do. You have the resort right now, a Dreams Resort. As of today, the resort is not going to open until November. So that's a long time being shut down. I guess the restart for that is going to be really challenging though, too. Are you maintaining the property the whole time? It's it's closed right now, or do you have to get back in there and reclaim it from the jungle? So even with the hotel closed, we got the pools are pristine, the rooms are maintained at temperature, so there's no mold. The gardens are maintained, the security staff goes around the buildings. We've been doing some repairs and maintenance that needs to be done anyway. As of today, we have the hotel in a condition that it can be open with a 24-hour notice. It's almost primed for an exclusive visit. I have to come down and visit you then. Well, actually, it's fantastic. It's it's beautiful. The grounds, the landscape is lush, plus no noise, right? You got 4,000 square meters of pools and plunge pools and uh, all for yourself. This part of the of Costa Rica is just uh, beautiful and uh, unbelievably beautiful. And then we kept construction going on the villas that you guys collaborated with us. We were fortunate enough not to have to stop the construction. Construction was considered an essential activity in Costa Rica, so they allow us to keep going. So we kept going. We closed the resort, but we kept going with the construction site. So the villas are about to be finished, six of them. They're actually really, really contemporary, modern design, but with very tropical, honest materials. They're such a refreshing concept. And this is such a refreshing type of villa on a beach location because it's Oh, you're always on the outside. You don't enter the house. So you enter to not enter. Uh, it's very deliberate. It's, be, it's very deliberate in, in how it's playful and and barefoot. Uh, in, in, in many of these destinations, 
locations like Costa Rica, Panama, Nicaragua, the big, big mistake is always that architects design homes like if people are going to live in these homes, but nobody's going to live in these homes. People are going to play in these homes. You're hanging out in your swimsuits all day long. You're going to, so you lounge in them, you play in them, you swim. And this is what these villas uh, do. They're modern. They're very modern. Lots of thick wood everywhere. The rustic trellis, bare stone with very playful furnishings. I think people are going to be surprised. I don't think there's product like this in, in Guanacaste today. Uh, so, and, and then to, to top it off, the fantastic, fantastic location because they're, as you know, they're what, these villas are looking directly into the ocean and uh, the national, a UNESCO heritage site park, which is the area of conservation of Guanacaste, which is a protected park. It's like, like looking at Jurassic Park with a volcano in the background, Nicaragua in the far side. So, you're actually in Costa Rica looking at another country uh, while watching or surrounded yourself by a national park. I, it doesn't get more exotic than that. You've got the kite surfing right there. You've got the great surfing just right around the bend. Very raw, very undeveloped, very virgin. And then one hour away, I put you back in Air Canada. Off you go to Toronto. <laughs> sold. I'm sold. It doesn't get any better than that. Hopefully, activities resume before the end of the year and traffic comes back to the project and then we can get some of these villas moving again. Well, what was interesting to me is that I guess it's a residential plug-in or a residential play, but it's also part of the hotel inventory, right? So you were thinking about this years ago. And one of the one of the big things that a lot of people are talking about is how important this is going to be to the post-COVID traveler. You know, you have uh, kind of standalone estates. It's almost like you're in your own little bubble. It's remote, but it's still a hotel element. That's a sector of the leisure travel that I will be very bullish about. We want to go to resort locations for many reasons, but because we can, because we're tired, because we want nature, because we want sand in our feet, because we want sunsets in the afternoon, because we want to have a an opportunity to appreciate the essential things of life with family. But we also said, you know, I, I want to have a house. I want the standards of the hospitality industry. I want the amenities of the hospitality industry. I want housekeeping, but I want my own home, my own pool. I want privacy. I don't want to hang around with another 200 families in a, in a, in a common pool. I want to have my own villa. So I will be very bullish about this particular product especially with uh, associated to the, re to, the, to, the, to the resort uh, environment. So it's almost like you start building a hotel or a resort that is made of a village, right? It's the village as the hotel uh, where everybody has a house or a villa and they, you walk to amenities that are spread and, uh, and generous in space, definitely, definitely in the higher end of things. It's one of the most damaged sectors of the industry right now because it's the most sensitive to bad news, right? So the affluent traveler, the high net worth uh, segment is the very first one that stopped traveling, but it is definitely the very first segment that the moment this thing turns around, that segment is going to be in very high demand because they're going to have the means to travel. They're going to have the will and the desire to do it. It's actually a lot of pent-up demand in that segment. So you, they're not traveling not because they cannot afford. It's because they, they can't. 
And then when they do, again, when they do travel again, they're going to they, gonna demand villa type of environments. Many people are already thinking, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a big trip, but it's going to be a bucket list type of effect. We've also been talking a little bit about some, some of your, the new ideas uh, about how that new traveler might need to use the village or the space as well. Like we've been talking about uh, yes. traveling, extended stay travel, I guess it is. The typical North American traveler travels many times a year, but with very short periods of time. They tend not to use their whole vacation period and they tend to come on quick trips, uh, contrary to maybe European counterparts or French counterparts or German counterparts. But in general, one of the things that, that make vacation difficult in the past was that both jobs, huh? professional commitments and the kids with the school. So if I can work from a number of places because all I need is some technological tools but I can basically be as, as effective as I am from whatever, you're no longer constrained by physical locations. So now living in remote locations is not, is not something you're going to do just once a year. I mean, that could have profound implications to destination real estate. Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing the same thing here. Domestic travel and the homes outside the city are really like they're taking off. Like all the cottage country or the vineyards or the or the, the kind of remote farm properties, they're all getting extremely busy. And for anybody who has properties to rent, they're getting rented out entirely. It's again, because people are right now forced to work outside the workplace. But the prediction, or if this carries forward, even 50% of it or 20% of it, you're going to have a huge influx of people to more remote areas. I think you're, I think you're onto something. You can move out of an apartment in a gateway city that tends to be very expensive. But you can say, hey, four months of the year, we're going to the lake. I work from there. Kids take the school from there. And how, does, how does this change your thinking about the offerings at the resort, though? Has that started to impact some of, the, some of your thoughts about what you're offering in terms of amenities and service offerings? Yes, you start thinking and say, well, what is an amenity in a resort if the usage changes and the length of stay is different? Maybe now you want to have a coffee shop slash co-working space as a main attraction where I can have a meeting or where I can have a conference call in a more secluded area from the kids or where I can have access to tools that I don't typically have in my house. But I need them for a couple of things today. Like and this, that's a big change for you for resorts, though. Most people come to your resorts and they just leave everything behind and they're really checked out and they're 100% on vacation, whereas this kind of changes that a lot, too, where you might be working now while you're on, on vacation. In the industry, we were always separated, right? So if we had a master plan community in the city, that's like primary housing, that type of real estate was separated from the real estate of the second homes. Second homes and third homes was a completely different segment of the industry and resort communities. And it was considered recreational real estate development, completely separate from commercial real estate and, and housing real estate as a primary need. What happens when the line starts to get blurred? What happens when what used to be a resort community on a beach is no longer a resort community on a beach. It's a primary house opportunity because what, prepa what, what prevents you from choosing some of these locations or projects or resort communities as your primary residence and not the other way around? What prevents you from saying, no, 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 I'm, my second home is a Pierre Terre in Toronto 
My primary home is a lake house two hours away from Toronto. So that changes how you plan a resort. When you take into consideration that you as developers in the past have looked at expanding airports as part of your big vision, you go outside and look at developing, because they're in remote areas, look at developing actual communities for for people who work for your resort. So you're, you're not only building the resort experience, but you're also building all the ancillary things that support the resort, right? So you've got like airports you're involved in and, and infrastructure, big infrastructure moves. So this all factors into now being able to close the loop on that. And, and now you're creating destination communities of sorts. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a great opportunity because one of the biggest challenges of resort development is one of the toughest sectors of real estate because until now, nobody needs what we do, right? You don't need a house on the beach in Costa Rica. Who needs that? Like you don't need a house on the beach of Costa Rica. You need a house wherever you live, in Los Angeles, to- Toronto, or Houston. We're in that industry. We're in the industry of discretionary things nobody needs. However, now with this shift in conditions, with this new technology coming together, with the ability of people of working digitally, you can start making these remote locations. You can start turning them into primary residential development because they can work and live from there. There's permanent residents mixed with seasonal residents. And if you can start doing that, you blur the line and, and make these places more sustainable. It's an opportunity. Yeah, it's huge. It's a huge unexpected opportunity. I think, and I think the timing is good. When I think about it, you think about uh, shopping. The retail sector went under some massive changes over years. And, you know, players like Amazon came in. And everyone's like, well, you know, it's taking a really big hit on retail. But no one will always buy things online until it happened. Everyone went through the moment of learning how to buy online. And I think that's going to be the biggest impact. Same thing. Everyone went through the experience of, you know, I can't work remotely. It's never going to happen. But now we're all, as a society, learning how to do this en masse. So it's, I think even if some of it does trickle in, I think you're going to be really successful at executing this model. I think that I'm seeing enough people want to move outside the city and work remotely. And, you know, just like you said, the pied de terre, coming back to the city once in a while. I think that model has got some serious legs. Yes, I, I think that oppor- there's opportunities there. I think there's opportunities also in the hotel industry. One of the segments that had never been rethought, retooled, is the extended stay model. And it's surprisingly one of the best performing segments right now in North America. There's a huge opportunity there. Yeah, I feel like right now, I think the opportunity for the hotel industry is the protocols, making sure the protocols are followed and, and having the Having this standardization is huge. That's a really important factor as well. So August 1st, the borders are opening, so I can come down soon, which is fantastic. Now we need Canada to say that it's okay to come to Costa Rica, but I hope they do. When, when is the villa opening? When's, uh, when are you expecting to have the, the first opening? Uh, around August 15th. Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, we're about to be done. This is awesome. Uh, it's incredible. Well, listen, Carlos, I won't hold you up anymore. Say hi to everyone down there. I will. Thanks, Carlos. Thank you, Matt.